RJ here with my buddy Ray. Howdy, howdy. And welcome back to Cedar Country. Apologies for the noise you're hearing in the background probably right now. We have some dogs in the house and one of them is eating food and they're going to be walking around and probably wanting to chill with us because nobody else is around. So, fun episode, don't worry. Like, we love dogs, so absolutely no problem with that. But apologies for any noises that they may make for this episode. Anyways, so this is going to be another one of those episodes where we're just going to kind of talk. Which, I mean, is the whole concept of the show, is just kind of talking about country music. We don't have I anything... I feel like that's 90% of what we just... We just yeah, because we, we're really bad about preparing for the show. Which isn't so bad. I mean... Yeah, until, yeah. until we run out of things to talk about 10 minutes in. But anyways, so the whole, as far as like news things I remember seeing through browsing on social media and all that fun stuff, did you happen to see the thing about the Eric Church concert with Garth Brooks? I did not. There is a thing, and it ties back to our previous episode about the CMAs. Then you made a comment about it, about the uh, the Eric Church and the Carrie Underwood camps that thought they should have won Entertainer of the Year. Yeah. So, apparently, not too long after the awards show... Um, by the way, the, I got this from uh, the website The Boot. But, um, like you said in the last episode, there was definitely some ire from the Eric Church and Carrie Underwood camps about Garth Brooks winning Entertainer of the Year. So, back on November 16th, so I guess last time we recorded, because we definitely didn't record last week. I forgot. Yeah, last week was Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, Ray, real quick? Was it... Good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm glad to hear you had a good Thanksgiving. Anyways, because I was like, hold on, why is this from a week ago? I was like, we just talked about the CMAs a week ago, and I was like, oh yeah, we didn't, because Thanksgiving was last week. So the week before was the CMA episode that we talked about. Anyways, so during his November 16 concert, it, uh, it was in Washington, D.C., Air Church played a cover of Waylon Jennings' Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way? Oh, apparently it was a... It, he transitioned to the song from Ram Jam's Black Betty, was what he played before that. I would love to see Eric Church live. I wanted to, when I was at the, I think it was the Brad Paisley concert, it was either that or Miranda, because it was the only two I've been to at the Van Andel. They were, there were advertisements for the uh, Eric Church concert, and I was like, oh yeah, and I got on to Ticketmaster, and they were like super expensive. I was like, oh, never mind. Because I'm, I'm, like, dirt poor. <laughs> I'm a college student. I don't have money. But anyways, apparently during his performance of Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way, uh, Eric Church instead said the line at one point, I know Garth didn't do it this way. So, kind of tossing a little bit of shade there at old Garth Brooks. So, to to quote the boot, it says, Video shows Church appearing to hold back laughter before delivering his punchline, and he clearly shares a moment with his band afterwards. Perhaps it was simply a lighthearted inside joke played out in public, or perhaps Church truly did mean to slam Brooks, just as he and others did after Brooks admitted to lip-syncing during the 2017 CMA Awards broadcast, shortly before being named that year's CMA Entertainer of the Year. Hmm. Apparently, Church also had issues with that, because apparently... <laughs> Really didn't like that he lip-synced instead of just, like, canceling his appearance at his performance at the CMAs because his voice wasn't right anything. So it's a pretty bad excuse. So the article I actually read, or an article similar to the one I read 
actually had more because it had, and I had to find it real quick. It had to do with Garth Brooks's reaction to Eric Church's saying that in the song. This comes from Saving Country Music. It says here, Garth Brooks didn't immediately respond about the shade Eric Church threw his way, but when speaking recently to radio DJ Broadway of Nash FM 93.1, Garth Brooks did acknowledge Church's ribbings, but didn't seem to take offense, and chalked it up more to Eric Church feeding red meat to his fans. Quote, Aren't country music artists and by large known for being kind to one another, and how do you hold your tongue? Unquote, Broadway asked. Quote, For one, you just don't see it. You just don't look at it. Unquote, Garth Brooks responded. Quote, But with E, meaning Eric, the crazy thing was that we had hugged each other right before. All I've heard from him, and he might be hearing different things, but I've heard him... For heard from the didn't bother, but the line they pissed the wrong fans off. That's perfect because if our name hadn't been called then in Knoxville, there would have been signs everywhere. It brings you closer to your team. Those guys will keep going, and the year that he wins will be the sweetest year for him. So I guess I just don't see what everybody else is seeing. So basically, Garth took it in stride and was like, "Yeah, I mean, come on, your fan base is going to be pissed when you don't win, and I'm sure if I hadn't won, my fan base would be pissed." And I mean, he and he's like, "I'm sure that Eric's going to be like happy." When he does win, and Garth will be happy for him, is what I'm getting from. So, like, he's a class act. I was say very, very good at Garth Brooks. Speaking of, I heard a certain somebody is gonna be going to see Garth Brooks. Yeah, my uh, my wife got us tickets, so that's kind of uh, yeah. She's a she's a big Garth Brooks fan, isn't she? Oh yeah, this is like her. This is one of the concerts that she's always wanted to go to, so I'm nice. super excited to go with her. Yeah, I actually... So the evening, the day the tickets went on sale, I went online. I was like, I wonder how much they're going for, and they were already all sold out. I was like, I don't know... And I shouldn't I shouldn't have been surprised, because when last time he came around, even though it's in Detroit, last time I was in Grand Rapids at the Van Andel, and he sold, they sold out and actually had to do two more shows at the Van Andel. Because they had so many, so much demand for him, so he did like three shows. I actually was, I didn't find out about those though till like the night before, and I was that was back when I closed at work, and so I had a bunch of people coming through the drive-through after the Garth Brooks show, and I'm just like dying at work because it's so many people, it's awful. <laughs> it happened. It's only ever happened with one other. I don't remember if it was like Metallica or Slayer. It was some like classic heavy metal band came through at the Van Andel, and everybody, like... Was it, like, recently? Mm, this would have been a few years ago, a couple oh, years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, it was definitely Metallica. I'd say... Except I don't think it was Metallica, no? that's the thing. I don't know, it's unimportant. The point is, it was it was a nightmare. But So, yeah. I also need to see how much the Reba tickets are going for. One of my managers sent me a picture. She was looking at the VIP package, and it was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? She's like, I want to, but my boyfriend won't let me. I was like, I bet. I was like, I can afford to do that if I wanted to. But, so, last sat, not last Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago? Yeah, Saturday before Thanksgiving. For my program, my Ferris uh, College of Business, it was actually the uh, the RSO, the student organization, the Music and Entertainment Business Program, or no, Music and Entertainment Business Association. One of the ways that we make money is to volunteer at the Grand Rapids International Wine Beer Food Festival, mm-hmm. and so I had to go and volunteer at that. And while I was there, um, when I when I got upstairs to the volunteer area, 
there was a scrolling digital marquee of events coming up. Uh, I don't know if they're all at the DeVos place or whatever. Actually, pretty sure I've got the picture in my phone. But I saw and am very interested in October, oh, at the Van Andel Arena, October 24th, 2020, Alabama's anniversary tour. I want to go. I really want to go to that. So I gotta see, I gotta figure I out when the, the tickets I go I thought they already so. went on their, uh, I th- I th- final tour. <laughs> They've had several of those, right? We talked about this before. <laughs> like I said, I've got, like I said before, I've got the album that's like the, the farewell tour album from 2003. And here we are going into 2020. So yeah, they've had several tours that are like, but this is just a, this is an anniversary tour, not a final tour as far as we know. But it is, I thought this year was their anniversary. So I'm thinking they're just either that or they're just, I'm, I've just been seeing stuff about next year's anniversary tours. So I don't know. So, um, what do you think of these future artists coming up? Do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what are you thinking about the future of country music? See, my biggest problem is, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I, which is awful for this podcast, but I don't know who's all up and coming. Like, I couldn't tell you offhand. Like, I know a couple of artists that I, I don't, I, like, I don't, I guess I don't pay, I don't notice as much, like, who's new and who's been around. Like, I know Morgan Wallen, I think, is up and coming, but I don't know. Like, a couple years ago, Casey Musgraves have been considered up and coming, but she's not anymore. So I'm a little bit out of the loop in that. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I, was, I still hold true to something I think I said before, which is the idea that uh, as time goes on, music genres will fluctuate between two different things. And I think the most prevalent genres to look at when that comes to that are country and jazz so since it's country talk about country i i believe that you have time of experimentation and being very and like deviating from the norm to put in quotations of what people think of when they think of country music and then like you'll get you'll come back to kind of the standards like your traditional styles and sounds and i think we're I think we're going to see, and I think we're already starting to see, sort of a transition back in the public. In At least, this is all as far as country pop, but country pop as in popular country music, not necessarily, you know, artists that have the pop and country, which gets in... I'm not even going to get into the whole thing on the, why I don't like using pop as a genre, so popular country music. So what's what's getting radio airplay, and I guess nowadays streaming air streaming play. I feel we're gonna be seeing way more. We're we're gonna see it go back towards about what we saw in the '90s and early 2000s and mid late '80s, where kind of it was. I think they call what did they call it then? Like artists like uh, Keith Whitley and Randy Travis, the the traditional new traditional, the, the, yeah, traditionalist movement. Yeah, but it was something else. It was like uh, neo traditional or yeah, something. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so I, I feel like we're gonna see something like that come about, and I, like I said, I think we're already starting to see it because you got like Luke Combs, and you've got like Sturgill Simpson, and you've got Chris Stapleton, and you've got Casey Musgraves, although with her really bounces back and forth. And, I mean, you still got really strong artists that are 
might not be getting radio airplay, but are still doing really well in concerts and things too, that kind of hinge more on that traditional style and sound, or at least have a little bit of that, like Brad Paisley does, and Allison Krauss, and, you know, like, you got Reba, and she's coming literally to play a show here soon, and then you got Garth, Garth is still going, um, although, especially, like, like, with Garth and things, like, that's a very fine line that kind of walks on the traditional, but also getting more into the pop and experimental stuff because last time that we deviated away from the the like traditional and neo-traditional it was bro country and then kind of electronic country and general like pop country i mean pop country is always going to be around and pop as a genre in this case because you got you know like uh brothers osborne and florida georgia line and all these artists that have um definitely take a lot from other genres which i don't think is a bad thing myself but I feel like we're going to see more and more artists pop up that have a sound that is more akin to what was around in the 90s and the 80s, and then before in the, like, 50s and the 40s. And I can't go much further back than that, because country literally started in the 20s, and 20s to 30s was... Even 20s to, 20s until the 40s, I'd say, was... I don't know if we'll stylistically ever get back to there, because that's now more just what you'd hear in Roots and Roots Rock. What are your thoughts going forward? I almost wonder if uh, pop country is not going to develop into its own genre, really. Like I mean, that's... Bro country? I mean, that's... It, it already has this country pop. It's just a blending of country and pop, although pop... Like, I've... All right. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into why... See, I was going to ask you why... We're going to get into why I don't like using pop as a genre... This is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms & Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Pop is literally what it all it means as far as the charts is what's popular. That's why you see country songs on the pop charts and electronic songs on the pop charts, rap on the pop charts. Because all these all these genres you see, like, you know, for the longest time, Old Town Road was at the top of the pop charts for the summer and fall. And that's literally rap with some country blended in. Because that's what's popular, henceforth, the top of the pop charts. Well, what would you call... What would you call things like um, 2000's Miley Cyrus and that's, that's Taylor Swift? Country pop, country pop. But but if you were going to call it pop, what would you call it? 
So that's where I don't have enough research to really give a good answer for, if I'm being honest. I'd still refer to them. I'd probably refer to them as just country. It's just that they're very, they, they have influences from like, I guess I should say, I, I guess I should say, if you're not going to call pop pop, what would you call it? Would you just call it hip hop? What would you call it? That's, there's so, there's a lot of different, cause a lot of, the thing is, I, especially when it, when you, when, when you get back to the early odds and the nineties, I don't know. Like your Backstreet Boys and all that. I don't know what... Uh, well, Backstreet Boys would be classified as boy band. I guess, sense. but I don't know if that's a genre. That's I think It's kind of hip-hop, too. Yeah, well... Mm, Beastie Boys are more hip-hop than that. Anyways. See, I don't know. When you get back to those, I, like, I don't know what other genres that aren't pop that like you would call them. Or like uh, Destiny's Child or all these things. And that's that's why I don't really argue about the pop thing a lot because I don't have a good answer to what it, I would call a lot of that stuff. I know I know once you get to mid late odds and early twenty tens, a lot of it is EDM, hip hop, and electronic. And then obviously always having country in a little bit throughout history. So that's why. But as far as like I, it's having pop for a genre labeling is easy and helps, but I also feel like it doesn't... There are certain artists that I know that I feel like... I Like, I'll see them on iTunes or Spotify, and they'll say pop, and it doesn't do them justice, because, like, like, one's, like, electronic rock that, like, yeah, is a bit poppy, but it's still, like, a lot... It's It's heavier than a lot of stuff you're going to hear on whatever radio station plays pop music or whatever. Because pop is... Pop is en- encompasses a lot. I think too much is my problem. I think it, the fact... I think the fact that it encompasses so much and people just don't really think about the fact that pop just means what's popular and just think of that as a genre is why I have a problem with that. Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff I'm arguing about about pop, you could probably argue in, for jazz or rock or country or rap or hip-hop or a lot of things but anyways so that's that's i'm just gonna put an end to my whole rant on pop i don't mind using pop to help label things so like you asking me about like miley cyrus and taylor swift back in the 2000s i did no no like right about now right now for taylor swift in 2000s miley cyrus because she's going back to see, see 2000s miley cyrus is yeah yeah well Yes and no. Um, I thought she put out. I thought she had a newer release than Younger Now, because Younger Now I know is an album that definitely went back to the country stylings that she was known for back in her Hannah Montana days. But I thought she's put out a newer album then that was kind of more akin to what what she was putting out between the end of Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, and then the Younger Now album. So as far as now. Miley Cyrus, I don't know. I'd have to listen to what her newer stuff is to see where she currently stands as far as what she is currently playing and producing. For Taylor Swift, while I still would probably, and and actually we definitely can because there's like another big thing going on with Taylor Swift, talk about her on the podcast because she is associated with country music heavily, especially in her early days. Currently, the music that she makes as of 2019 and is playing at live shows 
I would not quantify her as a country artist. Oh, definitely not. No. Same same as the band Perry, because I I I haven't heard any of their new singles that came out a few months ago, but their EP that came out a year or two ago, it's very good, but it's not country at all. So, but as far as the as far as the music that Miley and Taylor made in the two thousands was definitely I would call it country pop because I'm okay with using pop to help kind of differentiate something a little bit. Like Carrie Underwood is country pop. That way you know it's like it's country, but it's got elements that you'd find in a lot of what's on the top charts in other genres of music as well, influencing E.g. like the song The Champion that was at the Super Bowl like last year. And then there there are other artists where I definitely wouldn't say country pop. But anyways, going back to Taylor Swift... Did you hear about what's going on with her? No. I did not think so. Okay. Well, that's not... <laughs> I didn't expect the top result news-wise with Taylor Swift to be about releasing a Christmas song at midnight in a music video. Okay. That's also not what the... Why is it the... Hold on. Literally, like, the 24-hour news cycle is real, if anybody, like, doesn't believe that. Because the top two result, the top stories, the two top stories for Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift to release Christmas song. Taylor Swift is over stressing out about her body as she turns 30. Neither of these are what I was talking about. And as far as the music scene are way more, is way, way bigger than either of these. And then the third top result, Joe Jonas puts a spin on Lover. I'm going to have to do some deep digging. Apparently... What I'm looking for has already been like this is how big of an artist Taylor Swift is. An it's article been buried. It's already been buried by things like ex boyfriend Joe Jonas doing a cover of Lover and her asking her cats if she should release a Christmas song. Okay, okay, yep. Uh Hey cats, should I um release a Christmas song? Okay, Why are you like this? Well, maybe it had something to do with the AMAs. Because the AMAs recently happened. And also I thought there was something with country music with the AMAs, but I don't know. I'll have to look. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I guess it kind of resolved itself because she was able to after all. But there was a whole debacle. And, I mean, it is pretty important in the music industry, like, about... Uh, which one's newer? Okay. I'll go up to one that's newer. From USA Today. She performed at the AMAs, mm -hmm. but there was, like, a big kerfuffle because apparently her old record label, Big Machine, who is a country music label primarily, if I remember right. I know they do a lot of artists in the country music scene. Were, like, telling her that she can perform some of her hits at the AMAs. And, I mean, there are. There's, like, performance rights things, and so I... Who owns the rights for performing and, you know, paying royalties and all that. So, oh yeah, that's right. She's, she broke the record of how many awards you've won at, she's, someone's won at the AMAs that was set by Michael Jackson. Anyways, um, from USA Today. To recap the preceding week and a half of uncertainty, on November 14th, the singer took to Twitter to call up Big Machine Label Group for allegedly barring her from performing her old hits at Sunday's AMAs, where she was honored with the Artist of the Decade Award. Public spat between Swift and the labor label's owners ensued with the record label ultimately announcing that she had permission to perform her entire catalog on the telecast. Oh, that's right. She did put out an album. Somebody, like, 
mention, or I'd, I'd ask somebody, I was like, when's the last time Taylor Swift put out music? And they're like, they just released an album. I was like, oh, last thing I remember was that Look What You Made Me Do song. Oh, yeah, that terrible song that was, like, so number this, two. In defense, the song itself is not terrible. Taylor Swift's version of the song is terrible. There's, in my opinion. Because I feel the... There's another version of that song? Yeah, there's definitely... There's lots of covers of it. It's a Taylor Swift song. Every Taylor Swift song's got at least one cover song. Okay, so she did the original, though. That's, That's an original yeah. song by her. Yes. Okay. It's not. I don't like it because my problem with it is I feel the music, not necessarily like the lyrics, but the music in the verses and the music in the chorus, it doesn't mesh well in my opinion. And it's very, it's very jarring, I think, the like difference. And I, it doesn't make for a good listen through. I think it's the, the styles because it changes styles. To like kind of a hip hoppy influence sound at one of them, yeah. And, or I don't know if it's hip hop. It's been a while since I've listened to her version because I just I don't like the the transition between the verses and the choruses. I don't feel they go well together. However, let me look up. It isn't country. I mean, the song it's her version isn't country, and this isn't country. But I'm gonna I, I'd like to mention it because I I really like it, and I and it's I think a good way to make the song. An artist called a band called Our Last Night, which is like a metal, like a punk metal band or whatever, like one of those screamo band things, like uh, I Prevail or uh, Beartooth or Memphis Mayfire. But uh, they did they did like a, a metal cover, and it's very good because they the 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 chorus, oh look what you made me do, look what you made me do, whatever they do that is kind of like the scream part. And then the, it goes to, like, the regular, the clean vocals for, like, the uh, verses. And it works very well. That song works very well in that genre. They did a very good cover of it. But her original version is not that great. But that's the last thing I knew. And I guess I heard about her putting out, putting out this album, Lover. But I forgot or something. I don't know. And then somebody made a big snuff out of it when I said I didn't remember, like... I don't dislike Taylor Swift. I like a lot of her songs, even her stuff after she basically officially left country music behind. But that's just not one of them. And I I don't follow her heavily because she's not an artist I really... She's not one of my favorite artists, and since she's no longer in country music or the punk rock scene, it's not really one I pay a ton of mind to. But, um... So there was a big kerfuffle about the, her being able to perform her songs, but she ended up being able to. But it's, it's a, I, I don't know if it like sets a new precedent or anything as far as like performing rights. And I'd be interested to learn more about that. But that's that's just the other like big news thing that happened in the sphere of country music, kind of since the last time that we met. Okie dokie. <laughs> So I don't know if we want to do an entire episode dedicated to it or whatever or how we would do it, but I I know I want to talk about Christmas country music. Christmas, okay. Because we did our big uh, we did our big uh, summer shindig. Yeah, that's true. So we'll do a that's true. But this is this is this will actually. I mean, this is there's enough Christmas country music to make content for several years. Mm. At least, so I don't. But I don't know. You and I can figure out what 
what exactly we want to talk about with it. If maybe we want to do like a history, a, a brief history of like Christmas carols that are popular with country recording artists, or if we just want to do like what are the big country Christmas hits that have come out or whatever. But I do know one thing. So there's, there's a song on, I don't remember if, I think it was like a country Christmas 2000 or something, some compilation CD. Leanne Womack has a song called The Nativity, and I love that song so much. And I, it's probably not super well known, so I just want to kind of give that song a shout out. Also on a different Christmas country music. We have a lot of Christmas country music compilation CDs around here. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a very good, um, a, a great, a great song on that one. Uh, it was Alan Jackson and Alison Krauss did a song called The Angels Cried. And I really like that song too. <laughs> Also, Kenny Chesney's version of Away in a Manger is pretty fun. It's, I mean, there's nothing like, it's just a, you know, Kenny, Kenny Chesney style song, but with the lyrics of Away in a Manger. But it's good. But anyways, we could talk about Christmas country music on, mm, probably the next episode. Hey. Cause that'll be the last one before Christmas. Even though this up, that episode probably won't go out till after Christmas. Because I'm super far behind on that. I've only put out one episode. Hey. Yeah. How would uh, Billy Ray Cyrus sing Away in a Manger? Away in a manger. No crib for a bed. The oh. little Lord. So I don't think we've ever actually talked about this on a recording. So Ray... No, I, we, don't, we don't have to talk about this on a recording. No, I mean, it's too late. You've already... Unless you're just saying... We can just cut it. We can cut it. All right. Also... To, to correct that first, the I think the the first song would probably away in a manger because you were doing away in a manger and that kind of like it doesn't fit the no crib for a bed the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. I did uh I was at work and I was like you know what I I started singing an old town road <coughs> like Billy. <laughs> Thank you, Frankie. Old Town. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, take my, my horse down to the Old Town Road. Yeah, that's where I was going to. I had to remember what the next line is. I'm gonna take horse to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride till I'm gonna take my horse down to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride like I can no more. I'm gonna take my horse down to the old town road. I'm gonna ride like a can of more. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's probably what we'll talk about on the next episode. Maybe we might just hold off on that till next year when I actually get episodes out in more timely manner. So uh, until next time, I've been RJ. And I've been Ray. And uh, we're going to ride off into the sunset. John.